Welcome to the Live 1002 podcast, where simple actions are multiplying into an extraordinary impact around the world. When we live Luke 10, verse 2, joining us today from Southern California is Andrew, as we have a conversation about discipleship, current events, and spiritual leadership. Well, it's, it's kind of funny. We, we've got a podcast and we started this year, uh, 2020, and we did a five-part series in January on, we called it Building a Better Year. And it was all about, um, you know, building a weekly routine and um, scheduling out your, your day and setting goals. Um, and God has a sense of humor because very quickly, uh, 2020 um, went in a, a totally different direction. So um, I think that would be the first lesson that um, that I'm seeing is that I think this this whole year is for me has been an opportunity to relearn some lessons about trusting God and going back to the basics. I see that both in my my own walk with Him, but also in our work. You know, our work in the harvest. That some some things that we were able to do, some rhythms, some patterns that were very familiar to us at the beginning of 2020 are, uh, are no longer there. So it really forces you to, to reassess. And I think to, to reconnect with the roots of what it means to trust God and what it means to work for him. Very true. And I remember that season that you were doing earlier, as you had mentioned a book, I believe it was Atomic Habits. And someone had just mentioned it to me a week prior. So I thought, I really need to check this one out. <laughs> and it was just great words of wisdom. Yeah. I mean, I love that book and the principles are still there. But obviously, you know, 2020 from, from February on here in the States has, has really thrown us some, some curveballs. And so I think our habits can carry us um, further. But at the same time, we have, to, we have to learn some new lessons as well. One one thing that I have uh, that I've been thinking a lot about is that disruption and difficulties are often opportunities for development, and I think that I've been seeing that in my own life as a follower of Jesus, and I also think that we're seeing it in the church. Um, these are opportunities for us to develop maybe some some new tools when it comes to sharing our faith and. Um, and also, I guess, maybe some new methods. And like I said, reconnecting with some of the, the bedrock fundamentals that don't change, no matter what's going on in the world. Yeah, the foundation of those biblical principles. So before we go further in talking about what God's doing right now in this time, would you share a little bit of your story, Andrew? So I came to faith. I, well, I grew up in a part of the, of the U.S. that is, is, is very much cultural. There's a lot of cultural Christianity. I grew up in what is often referred to as the Bible Belt. So um, I was born in Kentucky and spent a lot of my my childhood there. And um, I was exposed to a lot of a lot of information about the Bible uh, during my my early years. And when I went off to school, when I went off to college, I moved out of state. And if you had asked me at that time, "Are you a Christian?" I would have said. Yes, you know, I'm a Christian because I believed in God and I was familiar with the Christian version of God and I didn't have any objections to it per se. So I would have just said, yeah, I'm a Christian. If you had asked me, are you going to um, 
go to heaven when you die? Um, I would have said, well, I think so. I feel pretty, pretty confident about that just because I felt like the life that I was living was probably better than, than maybe 70% of the world. So I don't know. I was kind of like thinking on a, on a curve in terms of, uh, I knew that I wasn't really living um, as a, as a follower of Jesus or a follower of God, but um, I also wasn't out there killing people. So I just figured while God was giving out awards to the really good people and punishing the really bad people, I would just sort of slip by. So I really did not understand the, the gospel and what a relationship with Jesus was all about until my last year of college. And I actually, through a coworker, began to read the Bible and um, especially the, the gospels. And that's really when I began to encounter Jesus in his own words and began to see what he described as his mission and what he was looking for from people. And I remember that um, one, one passage in particular that really stood out to me was out of Matthew chapter 10. And in Matthew 10, Jesus said that everyone who confesses him before men, that he will also confess that person to the father who is in heaven, but whoever denies him before men, uh, he will deny before the father in heaven. And that those verses just really jumped off the page. And I realized that, you know, belonging to Jesus was not just a matter of, you know, believing certain facts about him that, that other people had told you, but it was really being connected to him and choosing to uh, represent him before men. And that was something that I had never done. So that really set me on a journey of about three months of reading the scriptures and prayer. And uh, I came to faith at the end of that. But from the very beginning, this idea of representing Jesus before men was kind of baked into the equation when it came to what it means to belong to Jesus, what it means to live for him. And so, um, one one of the things that I would say I want to share that was formative for me was discipleship. Um, I knew pretty early on that I needed some help in in living this new faith, in following through with this commitment. And the Lord brought me brought a, a couple into the life of myself and my wife, Cecil and Jeannie Bean. You you may have heard those names. I don't know. Um, I know that you're friends with Chuck Wood, and yep, I've heard um, Chuck talk about him. <laughs> So Chuck was Chuck and Deb were discipled by this same couple. Um, I wouldn't meet Chuck for several years because he was sort of a generation before me. But um, Cecil and Jeannie really spent seven years sharing their lives with us, my wife and I, and really in very practical ways, helping us learn how to follow Jesus and how to share him with others. So we really wanted to pay that forward over the past um, couple of decades since we since we knew them. So good. And in this time, you're leading a, a vision and a, a podcast as well that connects to it, but Into the Harvest. Would you share a little bit about your vision and also how has it been impacted in this pandemic? It's been really encouraging to, to see um, some of what we were already doing in the way of um, being present in social media and trying to use technology like podcasts to spread the message of Jesus and to encourage people who are already trying to follow him. Um, you know, we didn't do that because we anticipated that there would be something like the pandemic or 
the uh, stay-at-home orders that so many of us have have been living under over the past few months. But um, it is true that I think we've been able to really connect with people. Like it hasn't necessarily um, affected us negatively. And just the opposite, I think there's been a real opportunity to to share and encourage with people. So um, our vision with Into the Harvest is th- there's a few pieces that are important. Um, one is that we believe that following the blueprint of Jesus is the best that you can do as a follower of, of his, that instead of trying to serve him and, and come up with your own way of, of offering to him service, um, that he is our blueprint, that we can follow in his footsteps, both in terms of our, our morality, but also in our mission. And so Jesus shared the faith, he shared the message, and in particular, he invested deeply in a few um, disciples who he then sent out to continue his work. And so we're trying to do the same thing. And then secondly, um, we believe that the place, the best place to make disciples is the everyday the everyday spaces of life. So we've got a little slogan that the everyday places are greater than the sacred spaces when it comes to making disciples and sharing our faith. So that's what it means to be in the harvest. And I know that that's a big part of um, 1002. Um, so I feel the real kinship with what you guys are trying to do. The more the merrier for the kingdom, for the sake of the kingdom. And so what are some of the stories that you are seeing God do in this season? Um, for us, I think we have, we've seen a, a reassessment of what, of what really matters, the relationships that, that withstand things like um, a pandemic and the importance of, of in-depth relationships with family members, with um, those who are closest to us socially, um, even neighbors. I would say that we live in a, in a subdivision where before the, uh, the pandemic, you typically wouldn't see very many people just out and about on the street. And I think this has been true for a lot of folks that it's weird because I guess people just have to get out. So, you know, we've had a lot more interaction with neighbors than we had in the past just because folks are out there. And I think there's that natural craving for uh, human, human interaction. The other thing that um, we've seen is the, the opportunity that we have as believers to, to use technology in particular platforms like this zoom to continue to make disciples and to encourage people who are part of the body of Christ and then platforms like social media to share the message and to, to put things out that might help people think about the bigger questions in life. So we've, uh, we've been trying to do both. So good. So in your passion for discipleship and your heart and seeing both discipleship happening within the harvest and among believers together, what are you seeing at play as the Lord is orchestrating all these events that are overlapping among one another? You know, the pandemic is moving us into smaller groups, which are known to be really hot spots of transformation in people's lives. And there's also a stirring of these current events of bringing the reality of racial tensions and injustice. And yeah, what, how do you see those connecting? Yeah, I think the Lord seems to be shaking foundations, both for many of us personally and also within our society. And 
again, the, those times of disruption are often times of, of discovery and development. So I, I believe that that is, that that is happening T- to me, Mary, it really highlights that the, the more interpersonal we can be in sharing our faith and, and in making disciples, the more life on life we can be, the, the better we're, we're going to be positioned to truly show the love of Christ and to really pass on the message of Christ and to help others understand what it means to actually follow him. Um, because we, as the church, you know, society itself is changing. We just did a, a podcast on this about how, how society in the West has really shifted over the past several hundred years to, from a time where, um, atheism was unthinkable. Like even if you were just the typical person in society, um, you would kind of default to, well, God is out there. And so it, when something like the pandemic hits, um, you would say, why is God allowing this? And this must be judgment or we need to pray so that, um, God will remove this, this sickness, this plague. Um, now it's kind of just the opposite that we've we've come to a place in society and in culture where where God is almost seen as not only not helpful but counterproductive. So I think where we're going to really win or lose those conversations are at the personal level, at the individual level. So it's it's, it's this weird it's this weird um, place in history where we've never had a chance to have a bigger megaphone with things like podcasts and social media, and yet everyone is just talking past one another. And, you know, where the, where the truth really gets communicated, I think, is person-to-person, um, face-to-face. What would you encourage in some of those person-to-person, face-to-face, even if it's over Zoom, in those conversations? What are the questions and the things that we need to be talking about together? Yeah. Well, maybe... To back up even one step prior to that, I think we, we talk a lot about asking God to clarify your corner of the harvest. You know, all of us have been placed in uh, certain relationships and in certain neighborhoods. Um, and there are already people that were connected to you, be it family, friends, neighbors, coworkers. And that is, when, when Jesus talked about the harvest, he said it was plentiful. And he also described it as being worldwide. He said that the field is the world in the parable of the wheat and the tares in Matthew 13. And so we're all part of this worldwide harvest, but you and I are in different corners or different sections of that harvest. And so I think a first step that is helpful for all of us is just to give intentional thought to what, what is my corner of the harvest? What are the relationships that I already have? You know, we always want to be um, spreading the message to new people, but we also want to be, alert and we want to be faithful to to share with those that are that we're already connected with so that's the first step that i would say ask god to show us all what, what corner of the harvest is am i responsible for and then begin to pray specifically um, for those relationships um, i think that's actually the starting point and then when it comes to uh, questions um you know, to, to have a genuine curiosity in how people are doing and how they're processing, uh, whether it's the, the news of the day or how it's affecting them to, to take an interest in people, 
I think usually is um, the best way to figure out what those questions are. Yeah, it's hard to have relationships if you're not willing to really listen and to, to learn exactly what you're saying. What are the questions that would be helpful and to engage in greater, whether it's freedom or discovery of the Lord or even just that connection? Yeah, and, and asking questions without necessarily, I mean, of course, we, we, we want to move in spiritual directions as much as possible. But to ask questions that express, you know, genuine interest and concern for for how people are doing um, in the here and now is is the best way I think to to open the door to those other other conversations. Um, you know that that's that's my view of it. Do you have some questions that are like your go to that you like to ask with people at at any point in the conversation? I mean, I, I think it really depends on on the person I'm talking to. Um, we one of um, our our sons is graduating uh, high school this year, and so we were spending time with um, a friend of his who um, is learning how to drive. So he's uh, 18 years old. This this friend of my son's, uh, but his father passed away several years ago, and and so um, just asking him, you know, would he would he want me to go out with him and help him learn how to drive um, is, is um, maybe a recent example. And then, you know, we had an hour um, together in the car with my son as well. Um, and just talking about how, how the situation has affected uh, him uh, in terms of, you know, he's graduating as well. He's not going to have a ceremony um, and, and just trying to really get to know him and what his, what his longings are. It, it's almost just doing an interview with someone where you're really just trying to get to know them um, and, and figure out, you know, what, what are their fears? What are their concerns? Uh, and often that leads into um, deeper conversations over time. So as we wrap up, Andrew, is there anything else that you would like to share? Well, I, I would like to just encourage people. I think that there's never been a better time to be a follower of Jesus than, than we're in right now. There are some, some real challenges that we face, um, but there's never been more opportunity. I, I truly believe that. We have um, amazing freedom, at least here in the West, to, to live out our faith in a way that uh, helps us maintain a clear conscience. And there's, there's really no one stopping you, even if people don't support you or don't, if they think that you're crazy. Um, you can pretty much go for it. You can be as devoted to Jesus as you want to be um, in large part without fearing some of the consequences that our brothers and sisters have to fear in other parts of the world today and that people have had to face over the centuries. So um, I guess that's one thought that I would encourage people with is, you know, don't have a passive faith and, and don't, don't just do what we've always done as followers of Christ, because this is also a time of great innovation. So there's great freedom to live our faith and there's great opportunity to innovate and, and share um, whether that's using tools like social media and the internet um, that, you know, take, take that initiative and take those risks. I know that the ministry that you guys are involved with no place left has amazing tools and resources to help people figure out, you know, how to share the faith and how to take those steps and um, so I would encourage people to 
to check that out. And if they want to check out what we're doing over at Into the Harvest, our website is intotheharvest.org. And we've got some, some basic tools and Bible studies that are all free that people can take advantage of. And um, I hope they'll do that. There's one more question that comes to mind that if you have a moment, would love to ask. Sure. For the leaders that are listening who are, you know, they believe that the harvest is plentiful and they are, they're living it out, that they're struggling or just needing some, some words of wisdom and how to mobilize others into the harvest. Man, I'm so glad you asked this question. Um, you probably won't like my answer. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe you won't. I don't know. Um, I w- this is actually something that the Lord has really had to do business with me on just recently over the past month, probably two or three weeks ago. I was really struggling with this exact question because I've felt like I haven't been able to do that, that I haven't been able to um, encourage folks to take new ground within our, our, our local community in the way that that I would hope that, that I had. And so as I was praying about this, it, it came to mind that either my expectations were wrong and that's why I was disappointed or, um, I just had the, the, um, or I just wasn't doing a good job, you know, as, as a leader and the, um, the word that I got back from the Lord was that I was not understanding spiritual leadership in the way that I needed to. Throughout scriptures, um, spiritual leadership is described primarily as shepherding. And so I was kind of wrestling with, well, I'm, I'm more of an apostle and I'm a leader and I'm an overcomer. And so what I want to really bring people during this, this season is, hey, this is a tough time, but here's how we overcome. And that's not really a shepherd, but that's kind of based on me, how I'm wired as a person and as a leader. And I really believe that what the Lord was challenging me on was, um, you know, that's a shepherd is concerned with the flock. What does the flock need during this season? And so um, your people may just need encouragement to, to continue to follow Jesus, to continue to gather, um, to continue to grow, um, or they may need some practical help in, in how to continue to go and, and to share. But um, for me, I would say, um, pray and ask the Lord to make sure that your heart is in the right place and that if there is a need for, for creativity, that he would show you uh, how to innovate and how to help others innovate and, and overcome because uh, that's a lesson that he's been teaching me recently. Amen. And he certainly has followed through on that. Uh, just every time I've talked to someone who's asked the Lord those questions, uh, God has been to, faithful to answer and to give wisdom and discernment. And so thank you so much for sharing, Andrew. Yeah, Mary, thanks so much for having me on. Thank you for listening. Training resources can be found at www.live1002.com training. To check out more of Andrew's resources of Into the Harvest podcast and their blog posts, check out intotheharvest.org. Join us as we live Luke 10, verse 2, until there is no place left. If you've enjoyed this podcast, feel free to give it some stars, leave a comment, subscribe, and share the friend. Who is one person in your life that you can genuinely ask some questions and care for them this week? Mm-hmm.